Any examples used are for illustrative purposes only and do not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and may not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to predict the performance of any specific investment and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. This is another money show. Get set for another hour of the latest financial information and economic news affecting your bottom line. JR and Anthony are committed to helping more Americans like you optimize their income, reduce their tax risk, and reach financial freedom. So let's start the show. Here are your hosts, Anthony Correo and JR Rochford. Here we are, your hosts, Anthony Correo and JR Rochford, taking a break from our day to day as financial advisors with Rochford and Associates, a fully independent fourth generation family office right here in the greater Phoenix area to bring information you may not find on those other financial shows. We are aware that the last thing you need is another money show, but we appreciate you being here. And more importantly, we hope you had a wonderful and very Merry Christmas. And coming up on New Year's Eve now, we're uh, what, you're listening to this the day before? So, hope you've got fun party plans. Jared, what do you have going on? Well, you know, I'm old, so I don't like to be out too late on New Year's Eve. I have to be in bed by the ball drop at like 8 o'clock Arizona time. So, so you much. celebrate like European New Year's Eve since they're eight hours ahead? Yes. Once I see the Australian fireworks, I know I'm good to go to bed. No, I'm just kidding. Usually I am very much a late night person. I'm a night owl and your mom is not. So usually she's in bed early. I am not. But I have no major plans this year because your mom is still somewhat out of commission. Speaking of which, I hope everybody had a safe, happy, fun, merry Christmas and happy Hanukkah and all those things. Uh, it's, it's kind of this year has been a blur. I don't know if it has to you, but this year just went so fast. So we're kind of looking forward to the new year. We're, we're kind of hoping that things don't get too chaotic and we start getting on track on a bunch of different levels. And what are your plans for the new year? What is your uh, your dream scenario? Well, <laughs> what what I want to happen or what I think is going to happen are two different things. I mean, I you know, I still read a lot. I still I still watch a lot of videos. I get a lot of articles. I still have friends that send me stuff. So I am very, it seems to me like 2024 might be a very interesting year, maybe chaotic. You know, I mean, I'm watching the Teflon Dow, I'm watching the financial markets and they're still, they're just, they cannot seem <laughs> to have a correction. So, and I do think the longer we go without a correction, the worse. I personally feel like something is going to poke through in 2024, whether it's financial, whether it's militarily going to happen, I'm not sure. But how often do you say that, though? I've been saying it for years and years. And I, unfortunately, my thinking is just because I'm early doesn't mean I'm wrong. And I do, I think 2024, you know, I mean, it, it, the biggest thing, I mean, what, what we're all going to be hiding behind is politics. So I'm not looking forward to all the mudslinging, I'm not looking forward to this. You know, you're you're already hearing about states trying to take presidential candidates off of the ballot. What kind of crap is that? I don't care if it's Trump. I don't care if it's Biden. We're not a political show, so obviously I won't go too far. But I just, I think people's voices are being squashed. I think that 
next year is going to be the start of our country changing demographically. And what I mean by that, I had a conversation with a friend here over this little break we've had about the borders and how it's it's affecting us very little. And then you you see on the news, it's affecting New York City. It's affecting Chicago. It seems to be affecting different cities a lot more than it is right here in Phoenix. And I, how I look at that, well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're processing just thousands of people at the border, but you're not letting them just go up into Tucson or into Phoenix or into Yuma or into Flagstaff. You're putting them on buses. You're putting these people on planes and you're sending them elsewhere. So by the time we really feel it in Phoenix, that means the country is going to be saturated. So we, we're going to be the last place, I think, to really feel it. By the way, I, I just heard this morning, there's another huge caravan <laughs> coming up through Mexico. I don't know, it was six or 9,000 people. They're, they're, they're not being stopped. I mean, they're, they're growing. They're adding people and heading towards the border. So are we a country of immigrants, though? We are, but, you know, the old thing, the cliche, use the front door, not the back door. You know, let's vet and verify you. Let's uh, let's kind of see who you are and where you're from and where you're going and what your plans are. I think if I spent any length of time trying to become a U.S. citizen, I would be very upset about what I'm seeing. If, you know, a lot of immigrants, I mean, they're they're really loyal to this country. They've had trials and tribulations in other countries. They've been unsafe. They haven't had the opportunities they've had here. Oh, so no one loves this country more than first generation immigrants. That that's what it seems like when you're when you are born here and you're, you know, somewhat entitled to the rights that we have. I mean, it, it you don't appreciate them as much. I I don't know. I mean, it it sucks, but it is what it is. So unfortunately, I'm I'm gonna you know you ask me a question, you get the truth. I am still short term pessimistic. I am long term optimistic for this country, and I think between the geopolitical events. Of late, I think between the financial system, you know, the thought of a a Bitcoin or a digital currency coming through, you know, when I when I look at everything, you know, in the granddaddy of the politics, I think this year is going to be interesting. So, and what I really do hope is that if we do have a correction, stock market correction, real estate market correction, I think I'm I'm hoping it wakes a lot more people up. And we start fixing in this country. So, so say I, we don't have a correction, though. What is your plan? I'm going to keep talking smack for another year every week. You know, we've been on the on the station for, what, almost two years, I believe. And by the way, we miss Jim, of course, our producer, Jim. But we do have our original producer, the one and only Sam Davis, with us today. So we, we hey. haven't had him in a while. But we missed you, Sam. We're glad we got to catch up before the show and see how you're doing. So, and Sam is still behind the scenes. He was, he was giving us some constructive, what do you call it? He was helping us with how to better the show for 2024. And, and I love that, you know, we're financial guides. We are not radio hosts. This is all still new to us. You would think after two years, we, we would start getting the hang of this. You know, we look at financial statements for living. We help people with their money. I, I think we're going to, we're going to try to change the show a little bit in 2024 and make it more even more enjoyable than it already is if that's possible i think it's possible some organization would be nice 
and both Sam and Anthony agree the show it'll make progress in leaps and bounds as long as I recuse myself. But I'm not going to do that. I don't want to get that good. I'm sticking around. Just so an older gentleman just stuck in his way. Yes, I'll be 60. I've got less than two months. I've been saying to people for a while I'm 60. This is because I feel 60, but I'm actually going to get there in February. Ooh, but and you're gonna... two years away from Social Security. Are you excited? Are you going to turn that on immediately? Oh, gosh, no. No, you, yeah, I'm going to get that 8% extra a year. I'm going to wait till I'm 70. So, And then I know if I wait till I'm 70, I know at 68 or 69, across the board, they're going to change it where you can start drawing till you're 75. So, no. Me personally, without giving any kind of social security advice, yes, sir, 62 in one hour. I'm going to get up at five to midnight. So at, at, you know, within the hour after midnight, I'm going to, I'm going to start drawing my social security. Still think that one's so smart for people if they have the ability to turn it on. I mean, if you're a W-2 employee and you're not ready to retire, obviously you're in a different boat. But if you're a small business owner and if you can double dip, Love, love helping people double dip into social security because they've admittedly they're broke. They say it all the time. I'm, you know, I'll read their next year's annual report that they release when they tell you just how bad they, bad a shape they are in. So we'll see. But I love the thought of being able to turn that on and use it if you can. Yeah. I mean, obviously some people can't because their income, you're right, you know, but a lot of people can't, you know, I'm reading and, and I had a friend up in Snowflake named Kristen and Kristen, he's a great guy. He's retired. He has a lot of time to research things. And he was, he gave me a little information this week. Um, some of it's kind of scary. You know, basically, Glenn Beck, he was watching the Glenn Beck program. And they're talking about some of this credit card interest rate is up in the 25 to 30% rate. That's insane. I guess the average is now over 20%. You know, and and we week after week, we bring you all these things to be aware of. We bring you legislation to research. We bring you information. It's it's primarily negative. I understand that. And, you know, it's funny whenever I think of it, I need to start giving you solutions. Well, Kristen has a solution for you. He's like, you know, the 60 plus percent of this country that's saddled with credit card debt. You know, maybe they should look into a personal loan. You know, he's saying that, you know, his his experience of looking at these loans, they're in the range of 12%. So they're high. I mean, interest rates are higher than they were two years ago. But 12% versus 20 to 25%, big, huge difference. He also brought up, you know, debt consolidation. If you can get one, and obviously be careful, go to a reputable source, do your research. But if you can have all your credit card debt, oh my gosh, Sam just put it on the screen, Retail credit card interest rates rise to record highs, topping 30% APR. Let me credit the source. That's from CBS. That the 30%. Think about that. You're doubling your credit card debt every three years, and the country's saddled with a you-know-what ton of credit card debt? And here's the thing with the personal loan, though, because that's very much a short term fix. Is it smart? Yeah, absolutely. But you have to start putting things in place to not get you back on that same track. Because what happens is you clear your credit card, you get this personal loan, and then you just go back to the credit card. So unless you're making life changes, I mean, everything's easier with a plan. You know, Jer mentioned having solutions are the goal of this show is to educate you on, on, you know, things you are not hearing on other financial radio shows. 
But none of that scares me. I know everything scares a JR, but nothing scares me because we have plans in place. Not goes plan for myself. I'm ready for things to take a dive and I'm ready to capitalize. And if things don't take a dive, I'm still putting myself in a position to make a steady amount of income. So that's stuff that we can help you with on a personal level. You just said I'm scared of everything. That is not true. I ain't scared of no ghosts. <laughs> so you have a plan, but let me stop you there for a second because all of a sudden you sound pretty smart financially. Let me let me just I'm a fool genius. Thought. You are a genius. You are definitely a genius. So listen up for a second, genius. You 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 come on here some of these episodes and you talk about how the the younger people, the living wage, they just don't they don't have it. By the way, really good news on that. January first. 2024, let me give you some upbeat news. A whole bunch of states are raising the minimum wage. Arizona's one of them. I did look at the amount it's being raised by. I'm not sure yet that you can buy a yacht on your new minimum wage, but it, you know, something's better than nothing. So anything like, it takes to survive is yes, anything helps, but it's still it's it's not gonna get to the level where, you know, it's dramatic life changing amounts. But Anthony, there's there's a couple things. One, you are not married and have no kids. That is a huge difference between a lot of people. A lot of people that have kids and that are married, the the cost. Why is that any different? You could have two incomes. I mean, uh, that's another expense. You factor that in. Well, yeah, but two two incomes that aren't that great, you know. But then you add kids. I mean, right now we we Sandy and I told Jay, our youngest son, we would pay for his first year at school. We would pay for it. The only stipulation, he has to get all A's and B's, you know, to to go f- after that. So this thing, we're, we're at Grand Canyon University, and it is not an inexpensive tuition. I, I look at the food. I look at the clothing. I mean, you know, Jay's 19. He's an adult, you know, but he's in school now. So, what, you know, I mean, we pay for him. We we support him a great deal. That's something that you are not saddled, saddled with. That sounds kind of like Jay is a burden. Which but, clearly is all yeah, kids are. The, all kids are financial burdens. All all I said is that I have a plan in place. All, so if I have a kid, I have to factor that in. If I have a spouse, I have to factor that in. All I'm saying is I have a plan. Are you saying you don't have a plan? I've never had a plan. I fly by the seat of my pants. I always will. I am America. I watch Dancing with the Stars, American Idol, and my very favorite, The Masked Singer. No, I... You know, well, if you don't want to be like JR and you want to be more like Anthony, reach out at team at anothermoneyshow.com. Check us out on the website and you can schedule a consultation straight with us and I will put a plan together for you since JR have, does no plans. I have no plan. <laughs> I never will. It's, you know, old dog, new tricks, horse, water, whatever analogy you want, I'm not going to change. Yeah. So, But the world doesn't care that you're not going to change because the world's going to change around you. Yes, that is true. The only constant is change. So- couple things for you on money into the new year. This is something that I don't know if you've heard this yet, Anthony, or not. There's a, uh, a another large federal database is being formed to collect information on those with LLCs. Have you heard anything about this? Starting, starting in 2024, those with small LLCs will need to register with U.S. FinCEN or face fines and imprisonment. The, uh, the person that sent to me this, also Kristen up in Snowflake, but he gave me a source to look at. The one he gave me is, it is L-E-N-G-E 
lawcom I took a peek on there. It, even single sole proprietor LLCs are going to have to register their LLC in 2024. If you don't and they catch you, which I have a feeling they're going to have a, a some sort of a net to try to catch you, it, it's a felony not to report it. $500 a day fine up to $10,000. It looks super scary. And I guess my question is, the LLCs are already, you know, go to the Arizona Corporation Commission. You can see who's got an LLC. How are they not registered already? Uh, well, they are state by state. But now we have more sweeping overreach. I mean, that in a good term, IRS and government. So now you're going to have to be put into a federal database if you have an LLC. I hadn't heard anything about this until my neighbor up north gave me this information. Why, why is that? This was put in place in 2021, and it is now going to be starting to be enforced in 2024. Everything seems to go slow, and then it gets to the end, and then it doesn't. You know, I mean, the whole thing, we, we heard years ago, if you sold Cardinals tickets, which why wouldn't you, or if you, you know, did a side gig and you made over $600, you were going to have to report it. And then a year later, they said, no, that's not true. It didn't happen. You were wrong. And then this year, it came back and resurfaced. And it turns out it is, in fact, true. Try to sell something on eBay. Try to, you know, start selling stuff. People want your Social Security number right now. Why is that? Because they are going to tax you. So this thing with the LLC, it's like every single thing is being watched, monitored, patrolled. Why is that? Well, I think starting in 2024, sorry, Anthony, but back to what I think is going to happen, there is going to be a lot more oversight of the common person. Is there any chance that that could line up with the implementation of a central bank digital currency? I mean, it's, yeah, thank you for putting that on the screen. It's called the Corporate Transparency Act, and it goes into effect in January 2024. So th this... And to me, what does this have to do with finances? It has everything to do with finances. It, 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 the, the government wants to know everything I do, what I do, where is it? You know, could this ever go towards, you know, new world order and social credit scores? I don't know. I don't want to get into that. But I can tell you personally, I wear a tinfoil hat most of my waking hours. And I think absolutely it can. Everything I'm seeing is going towards more big brother, less autonomy, less freedoms, less, you know, I mean, what what small business has always been the engine of this country. We are living in the end of those times. We are living in a dramatic shift in this country. I have brought to you over the last year numerous examples, and I've cited the sources. I've given you exactly where to look it up. On reparations. One example was Evanston, Illinois. I, I believe it was even last week. I'm telling you about all this universal basic income type programs around the country. I've got another one for you this week, and I'll just touch on this very briefly. The Daily Hodel, one of my favorite little, because the articles are always very clear and concise. They're never long. So another program, this, this was from the Daily Hodel on December 22nd. Houston, Texas, there's a program called the Uplift Harris Program. You can sign up between January 8th of 2024 
and January 26, 2024. They have a bucket of money, $17,352,000. Well, in order to sign up for this, you have to live in a high poverty zip code. So here's another big bucket of free money for people, but you have to live in certain zip codes. That is, I don't know. I mean, I think that's kind of unfair. If there's all these buckets of money out there, I'm not sure why they, you know, can pick and choose who gets it. But, they, you know, are they going to give it to they're just going to give it to everybody. You no. said it was a pilot program. Yeah. No, I didn't say a pilot program. Okay. It, it's but, it's a program that's launching on, on January 8th. It's called okay. the Up Harris program. And it's not a pilot. They got a bucket of money of over $17 million. And all you have to do is live in selected zip codes and you can apply and you can't get turned out. And the one underlying theme of all these programs that I have brought forth on numerous weeks of the show, no strings attached. You do not need to show that you've been working. You need not need to show that it's for home repairs or to pay down your mortgage, your rent. It's whatever you want. So my question is, in 2024, is this going to keep growing? Are, are a bunch of cities going to get this free money? Does it actually help people? If I get $500 a month given to me from either COVID funds or from the government via churches or from the government directly, whether it's state, whether it's local, whether it's federal, national, whatever, what is it going to change the future trajectory for me and my family? Or is it just another way to... Well, if people can barely pay the bills, if they don't have enough money for food, then yeah, absolutely. But you just said like, I mean, it, you know, if you wind up having kids and get married and stuff, you're going to change your plan. You're going to, you're going to, you know, I mean, it, how is $500 a month going to help these people change in a big way? It, it, it's a band-aid. When the 17 million runs out, I think you're actually going to do more harm than good. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, is why, it really why would paying your bills all of a sudden be a bad thing? No, I, guess right, I, well, I, I we bring up the reparations all the time, but I don't know what kind of what's your objective with it. Why? I want to know. I want to know where's this money coming from. I want to know what the what the end game is. Well, I'm curious matter where the money's coming from, because the country has no money. So well, if they're going to not have any money, but they're still going to send a ton to Ukraine. What's the difference between, or what's the matter if they're actually using it for something positive for the community? Yeah, but why are they doing that? Why? What? Why don't they use all of it to build a senior center, to build to build a youth center? Why don't they build gyms and parks? Why don't they use it for an employment if program? Paying your bills. What's a, a youth center do deal? Okay, so let me ask you a question. Let's say you're getting you, Anthony. You're 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 impoverished, and you're getting five hundred dollars a month for two years. Are you, are you, there's no strings attached. Are you mm -hmm. potentially going to use it to live large, larger than you would for those two years? Are you going to be like a lot of people that are going to buy different food for two years? Are you going to use it to get some education? Are, you know, what, what are you going to do with it? I'm, if I'm in that situation, I'm using it to do whatever I need to survive. And you think you're like everybody else? You think that's how other people look at it? I think the majority, I bet the majority do. I think the news likes to point out a handful of bad actors and then use that as a scapegoat to not try to help lift up any other community. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm very, again, I'm very cynical. I mean, I wonder if the borders, I wonder if, if you know, reparations, student debt, loan forgiveness, 
I wonder if these universal basic income programs, I wonder if they're not buying votes. I wonder if they're not just keeping people quiet because we have a heck of a mess on our hands in this country. We, we want, you know, certain people want certain voters. A lot of people want everybody to be very, very quiet in this country. This country could literally go into a civil war. It, 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 there's a whole bunch of people that think that that's a realistic possibility. I mean, I look at the politics of things. I mean, I already told you, I, I'm, I'm very much against taking a presidential candidate, no matter who it is, off the ballots. Let the voters decide. I think the manipulation of this country is just, it's very, very dangerous. So if you have a whole bunch of people you're giving money to, I, I, I guess it's maybe it's just to keep them quiet. Maybe it's not to better their situation like you think. And then I think when these programs run out, people are going to get awfully antsy. Yeah, just you're getting people used to money without strings attached, without doing anything for it. I mean, and I've agreed with you forever. It sounds like we're far apart on this one. We're not. I mean, we both have agreed that when you're giving foreign aid to all these different countries before you're taking care of your people in this country, that that's, maybe that's problematic. So I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> Sam just put the U.S. debt clock on the screen. You know, that's one of my favorites. Make sure you make your way to usdebtclock.org, kids. It's at $33.9 trillion now. I still think we're going to reach, before the end of the year, we're going to reach that $34 trillion mark. So each citizen owes $100,000 toward this debt. Each taxpayer owes $259,000. So they, these numbers are shocking. And you know what's funny? Nobody understands these numbers me included. It's it's way too heavy. And Anthony, when you got to the office six years ago, you said, who cares? It, it, we, the debt go up to 200 trillion. It doesn't freaking matter. Well, you are correct until it does. It, nothing matters until it does. When we tip, when the country is, is scrubbed because of the BRICS nations and other people don't want to use their dollar, it will affect you. It will affect your lifestyle. And I think for the negative, I think the more people have, the more they have to lose. I mean, I really... Unless you have big money and you go to Panama or Belize or Ruber or somewhere, I, I don't know. I, you know, and I have watched the history of this country financially. The rich get richer, the poor hover. We feed them enough to be compassionate, and the middle class is shrinking. I think the last decade or so, the middle class has been shrinking way faster. I just, I look at these programs like a band aid. I look at it like you have this gaping hole in this country. You're listening to Another Money Show. To learn more and contact JR and Anthony, visit anothermoneyshow.com. At Rochford & Associates, we know you've worked hard to earn your money, and you've worked even harder to save it. When it comes to wealth management and planning for retirement, J.R. Rochford and his team of specialists have been helping individuals, families, and business owners find financial freedom at their veteran-owned firm for more than 25 years. Rochford & Associates also helps Americans like you with their insurance needs and estate planning so you can be protected from life's uncertainties with a comprehensive retirement plan. Let us help you protect and grow what you've worked so hard for. Take the next step toward financial freedom now by scheduling your free, no-obligation consultation so JR and his team can come to understand you and your family's specific needs, concerns, and financial goals. 
Give us a call now at 623-523-0444. That's 623-523-0444. Rochford & Associates, lasting solutions for your family, your future, your life. Registered investment advisors and investment advisor representatives act as fiduciaries for all of our investment management clients. We have an obligation to act in the best interest of our clients and to make full disclosure of any conflicts of interest, if any exist. Please refer to our firm brochure, the ADV2A, page 4, for additional information. If those other money advisors promise you a boatload of money, check the size of the boat and be sure it's your boat, not theirs. You know, part of the problem with the show, with all the problems we bring forth, what are the solutions? Some of them, the the solutions are not easy to find. You know, you and I talk about this living wage thing all the time, but we've never come to an answer. You know, your your thing is less corporate greed. Well, the the corporate greed are the same people that are in bed with Jamie Dimon and and the the government, and they're the ones that have all the money. They don't see that the right thing to do is to give up some of it. The truth is they really don't have that kind of money you know they've got an invisible figure they've got a theoretical amount they don't actually have the money that you know is displayed that they have and you're right some of that comes down to you know personal responsibility you know there's only so much that we can assist with like you have to fight for that harder you know better paying job you know and then it's tough it's really tough but that is something you have to do i mean less um, I've got a, a buddy, he hired me for my very first engineering job and we've been friends for a very, very long time, but he got into construction. We went to college together. He graduated a couple years before me, uh, but he's 10 years older. So when we have these discussions, he's very adamant that, um, you know, these handouts and things you know, that you're saying, he's really against all of that um, because he was able to work his way out of it later in life. Uh, and I, I totally agree to an extent. I mean, obviously that's back to personal responsibility. You have to be the one to do that, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be so hard on everybody else. Again, what do we last week or the week before that tweet about how it's just get a better job until, you know, nobody is working at the restaurants you want to go to and just get a better job until, you know, and all those examples of all these low paying jobs that we just expect people to fill, but then we just look down on them for it. So I don't know. All all you can do if you're listening to this show, this is again back to personal responsibility. Are you putting a plan together? Are you taking care of your debt? Are you looking forward to your future? Are you focusing on income if social security isn't there for you? Are you making smart moves and putting a plan together? I so. love what you just said. You just you just offered a solution, and it is one thing that is buried between my constant negativity. We want to help people, one person, one couple, one family at a time, and repeat. We are not a big broker wirehouse. You know, we we do individual plans for families. We have some business clients, but our, our thing, we can make a difference in one person, one couple, one family at a time's life. What's the old thing about the starfish? You know, the kid throws the starfish. The dad's like, you know, there's thousands of them. You can never make a difference. The kids are like, well, it made a difference for that one. That I love what you just said. So there's the solution. So back to the government. You do realize, right? We haven't brought it up in a while. You do realize we're we're less than three weeks away from the government shutdown, right? 
January 19th, I believe it is. So we're about three weeks away from the from the next government shutdown. It's a two-phase shutdown this time. So you, you, you want to know why I'm negative in 2024. Now, you know, they'll wait to the last minute. And then we're going to have to start hearing about all that again. So the beginning of the year of, you know, for the political season, that'll, that'll be all year long, the government shuts down on January 19th. Then there's the second phase. I believe it was on February 2nd. The rest of the government shuts down. We same thing. I know, Anthony, I know your thoughts. We'll just kick the can again. We'll just do it again until next November, next October. I, I, sooner or later, the can is going to have to stop being kicked. I honestly believe in my heart. You used to get mad at me for saying, you know, next year, next year, next year, flip a light switch on January 1st and I'll change. No, I, I won't change. I'm well, January, yeah, first from the time this airs is going to be like two days away. And did anything change? No, nothing changed. You don't know that. We're recording on the 27th of December. A lot could change between now and the next week. No, I, I just, I a lot of what I bring up is the negative stuff just to prompt people to be aware of your surroundings. Don't walk around to sleep. If things change, you want to be proactive, not reactive. You know, you know said- it's funny too, because we're, we have been on this show for about two hours. Uh- two years now and we've had some people talk to us about the you know the stock market and how they've made so much gains on their 401ks this last year but what people aren't pick or realizing is that the stock market was just as high you know it's at all-time highs now but it was at its all-time highs two years ago all you're doing is recouping your money you really haven't made anything over the last two years so you get really short-sighted in how much growth and earnings that you're making versus what the rest of the world does. But you forget about the losses. Well, and here's a good time for me to interject because I haven't done it in a few months. Financial advisors, our job, we are taught to get money from you over to us. And then we are taught to keep the money and a lot of like more on the security side than the fixed side, we are taught to keep things changing. So I have said forever when there's a downturn, I mean, I, I have to remind myself, I was in the office in the late 90s. So when I was a newer financial advisor, I got to live through the dot-com bubble, you know, the big tech correction. I was in my office when the plane hit a building. I was in my office from October of 07 through March of 2009, I remember 2008 clearly, you know, the advisors were told at that time, I was one of them, keep people calm. Oh, it's only a paper, it's only a real loss if you sell it. It's only a paper loss right now. If you realize that loss, that's when there's a problem. So I was supposed to keep you calm. But we have had for 15 years, we've had the market go up, 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 up. You know, March of 2020 was a steep decline. And then by April 1st, uh, that it picked April Fool's Day, like nothing was wrong. It just was such a deep V and then it came back to normal. You were right. We're at all time high after all time high. Where are the financial advisors saying it's only a paper gain? You do not have this money if you do not take it. Do you, you see where I'm going with that, Anthony? Uh, advisors are taught to tell you, you know, buy the dips. I love that one. Where are they right now screaming, buy the peaks or sell the peaks? You know, when things are down, they tell you to buy them. They never tell you to sell. They need to get you to invest 
and keep you invested no matter what. And I think part of that is problematic. I think people need to start learning that the game, the financial game we've played forever is changing. At least the rules are changing. You know, I, I talked to you a couple of weeks ago, Anthony. I was watching a very interesting thread on Facebook. There was a person in a group that I'm part of that was reaching out on Facebook for a good financial advisor. And I love that because, you know, it's a local group. So I can see where they want recommendations of their friends and neighbors, but it's on Facebook. So you know how it went. I mean, it started getting from, you know, a good question to ridiculous. You know, some of the people were saying, make sure you only hire a financial advisor that's a millionaire. And I thought, that's that's very interesting on a couple different levels. The first level, how many of you are asking your advisor their net worth? How many of you have the guts to ask your advisor their net worth? And if you do, how many advisors are going to tell somebody what they're worth, what they have, what they've done? And then after that, my next question, what what does that mean? You know, people, I, I was, and it was one year, years ago, I joined a thing called MDRT which is the million dollar round table. And, I, and I, I had a badge, you know, I was told by my, my broker dealer, put that symbol on your business card. You know, not everybody can join the MDRT. You know what MDRT is? The reason I never joined after the first year, it's on sales. As long as I do a certain level of production, I can join, you gotta pay to join it. It's hundreds, it was, I haven't looked at it in years. It was hundreds of dollars a year to join the MDRT. And then you can tell people you're a great financial advisor. You know what? It's on production. It's on commission. It's on sales. So I thought it was a very negative thing. I, I really thought it was disgusting. I was like, so the, if, if you want an advisor that's a millionaire, all I have to do, I don't have to be a smart investor. I just have to know more than you. And I have to be able to close, which I've always felt a slimy word. I have to make sure I can close on you and get your business. Then I get commission. Then I get enough commission. I can join the MDRT. Then I can get on Facebook and say, I'm a millionaire. I want to be your financial advisor. I think that's kind of disgusting. Your thoughts, Anthony? Do you think Facebook is a good place to look for a financial advisor? And should you only go with a millionaire? Well, the the millionaire part is funny because we mentioned that a ton too. It's advisors make their money off of your money. Advisors aren't making money because they're just fantastic advisors and they're making all the right choices and you know day trading and making a ton of money. What they're doing is they're collecting fees for managing your money. That's how we make our money. Um, but that uh, Facebook post, I did get a kick out of that. You get a lot of people in there too saying you have to have a CFP, you have to have a fiduciary, you have to have all these things. But I was like, I don't care how many letters you put after your name and your title. Um, good advisor is a good advisor. A truthful advisor is a truthful advisor. Just because they have to be a fiduciary doesn't mean they're not doing shady things. I mean, think of all the think of all the banks, right? Because we love talking about the banks and those positions of power and having to care for other people's money and how well they do for that. But aren't there constantly fraud cases? Aren't they constantly being fined for nefarious things? Yeah, you know, all these people we worship. Uh, for making a ton of money that uh, Bankman freed or whatever. You know, all these were just scams. And it's good sell sales tactics to get your money. So, yeah, they may be a millionaire, but would I trust them with my money? Yeah, I don't think so. Well, what is, what's your net worth, JR? 
What are you at? $14.86. But it's right after the holidays. Well, you know, I mean, I, I have to get my tax return so I can pay off Christmas. Um, yeah, I, w- I will never disclose my net worth to somebody. Why not? I don't think it's anybody's business. I remember thinking my dad was, you know, weird when he used to say that. Now I understand it. And, and you hit the nail on the head. It, you want a financial advisor that's a millionaire because then you know they're good at their craft. You know they're good at their day trading. You know they bought into Bitcoin at the right time. They sold their beanie babies at the right time at the peak. They went to McDonald's and had a ton of Happy Meals. That's not true at all. That doesn't mean that they're good at their job at all. They're just really good at convincing you to give them your money. I was being sarcastic, Anthony. I no, I know. don't get to the point. But the speaking of Bitcoin, did you hear that uh, they're thinking about releasing it as an ETF in the very near future? Yeah, I've been watching Grayscale Bitcoin because that's one of the holdings that I have personally, not a recommendation to buy or sell, kids. I've had Grayscale for years and I'm watching that and the government said they can't go public. And now I'm watching, you know, J- uh, J- BlackRock. Yeah, BlackRock. That's yeah, that's an interesting one. BlackRock, buying all your homes and now they're going to be your crypto ETF. You, do you really want hedge funds and, and these same ridiculous people that brought the housing market down in 2008? Do you really want them in charge of your your future and your retirement good night no it's oh it's what's all... it matter if they're in charge of bitcoin bitcoin's already something you know that doesn't really truly exist it is funny though because if this happens um they feel like blackrock could actually destroy bitcoin because if they come and they make this massive purchase and all of a sudden the transactions aren't flowing through bitcoin itself transactions are flowing through this etf then there's no incentive for the miners you know, the Bitcoin miners to be doing their job. And if they can't afford to mine, then the whole system's done anyways. Or is it maybe this on purpose? Maybe BlackRock comes in, fails uh, fails Bitcoin, and then it's way easier to institute the U.S. digital currency. And it's just another distraction. Here's some advice for you. <laughs> Don't put all your eggs in one basket. And if you do, watch the heck out of that basket. Maybe be diversified. If you're okay with owning pieces of air, by the way, if we had a big enough, you know, cyber attack or power grid failure or something, I don't know how you're going to get into your Bitcoin wallet, but here or there, you're not going to get gas or gas pump either. So I guess prioritize. But anyway, let's say you uh, want to be smart and you think Bitcoin could shoot up when BlackRock is the big granddaddy of Bitcoin. So buy some. I mean, have a good time. Just moderation. You know, if you subscribe to the fact that the world reserve currency is going away and the dollar is being devalued beyond recognition and you think that the dollar is not a good, you know, put some cash at home, buy some gold and silver. You know, I had an interesting conversation with an old neighbor a few days ago and he said that, you know, you, you talk smack again about precious metals, which I did not. I think moderation is the key to life. So he said, well, you know, if if somebody else had guns and ammo, they could relieve you of your precious metals. But if you, you know, you can't buy somebody's gun or ammo. He said, well, can't they do that with your food? I said, well, of course they can. They can do it with anything. I'm not saying don't have gold. I'm saying have moderation. And I did remind him that I told you the key. If you buy some extra food and water or alcohol and tobacco or, or gold and silver, whatever, have a team. There's safety in numbers. I said that, you know, if things get weird in the country, I'll go over to his house and we'll hunker down. We'll say there's going to be easier homes to get into and take the food and water or gold and silver. Back to the banks. And it's funny that we spend so much time on the banks, but they really are supposed to be the safe place to hold your money and they're fair and all this um, 
you know, in theory, but they're not. And uh, I just saw this recently, too, with the First Republic Bank. Did you see that they're suing the FDIC? I, I think I saw that, yes. Yeah. So what it looks that happened is they made their retirement accounts unsecured, um, you know, all these retirees, the retirement account, unsecure creditors. So it means with the foreclosure, with the bankruptcy, they don't have to pay them their retirement anymore. So they're being sued. I mean, that's that's huge. But what really threw me off on this, is according to this article, and I can't remember where I read it now, um, they lost $32 billion. There we go. That's our Rikers, Rutgers, whatever. Um, but the FDIC lost $32 billion as a part of this bank failure. Well, we pulled FDIC's records from Q2 of last year, and it didn't show them losing a penny. It showed that we still have the 1.1% FDI coverage that we've had in the quarters before. You know, with SVB being one of the, like, the sixth largest bank at the time failing, what happened to all of that money? If the FDIC is coming through and bailing all these people out, where's that money coming from if it's not coming from the FDIC? So, again... I mean, it kind of ties into the the end of the world rhetoric that you love getting into is if you don't physically have something, you don't really have anything, you know? These people thought they had deferred comp and 401ks, and all of a sudden, with this bankruptcy, the FDIC recategorizes their money, and now all of a sudden, it's gone. So you may have had $100,000, $200,000 in retirement, and then somebody else made the decision for you that you no longer have that, and that's scary. Very scary. That's why I didn't bring it up. I'm trying to be light and airy. Oh, God. Yeah. And by the way, next year, nothing's going to change on that vein. I'm going to get off track. I'm going to get you annoyed with me because that's good radio. People like to hear us. They like to hear us go back and forth. So we, since this is the end of the year, too, should we remind people that you should probably take your RMD if you haven't? Yes. And the odds are you won't get it now at this point. But here's... Actually, I do want to bring that up because RMD is incredibly stupid, but everything the government does is. So if you have not taken your RMD, you can take it post, um, you know, after the year. You do have to send in another form. You have to write a letter and tell them why you didn't. Because it is an accident. These things happen. So I don't know. Think about that. Look at your IRA accounts. Make sure that you've taken all your RMDs for the year. And if you have not, Get ready to apologize to the IRS. What does RMD stand for, for anybody that doesn't? Wired minimum distribution. It's Wired. essentially the government saying, you know, any money you have in an IRA, you agreed that you would be taxed later. And when you become 73, they've decided that they want their taxes now. So you have to start withdrawing from this account, whether you want to or not. So some people use this as income. Some people just use it as a bonus. Most people are just upset that they have to. Um, and it's not that the government's taking their money. It's that the government's making them reallocate the tax consequences from IRA to non-qualified. But here's, here's my biggest thing, because we do have a lot of clients that will slowly draw down their RMD. And in theory, if you're drawing down this RMD and you're spending that money as it's coming in and you're not making enough every uh, year to balance that out, you're eventually going to draw this RMD, your IRAs, down to zero. 
Eventually, you may run out of money if you don't make enough to recoup what they're making you take out. So, what we like suggesting to people is consider using that as a pension. Not only does it spread out your taxes over your lifetime, but it also guarantees that you won't run out of that money. It's saying that if you have 150000 you know, eventually that 150000 will be gone, but if you turn into a pension and you live to 90, 95, 100, we had someone recently come into the office, 103, you'll continue to receive those funds. You continue to receive money. If we have a failure with Social Security, it'd be nice to have something that you can count on. You know, in theory, right? Right. And... With RMD, by the way, we have solutions. You know, what Anthony's getting at, we can better your situation because of it. You know, people are not happy they're being told to take money out. You know, you can take that money out, settle the taxes, while you're presumably at a lower tax rate than you will be in three years, five years, 10 years. You can take that money, and if you're still working, part-time, whatever, put it into a Roth IRA. Let it continue to grow, but tax-free. You can put it into a life insurance policy, depending on your health. You can turn pennies into dollars using life insurance with that money. So there, there are ideas for you. Or you could take that money and you could get it out of the bank as quickly as you can and you could buy food and water and alcohol and tobacco. So we have solutions for you, not just problems. So, but yeah, RMD is a, it's a good thing to know. And if you have 10 IRAs, for example, let's say you have 10 small IRAs. I, a lot of people don't know this, which is surprising to me. You don't have to take 10 different payments. You can aggregate, aggregate, you can total up your total in IRA account value and then just take it out of one. So it doesn't have to be an accounting nightmare for you. So if you have questions on RMDs, we would love to help you. We are always here for you. What else, Anthony? How else? We, we got a few more minutes. Is there anything else you have on your plate or do you want me to run with something? Uh, if you got something to run with, I would just, I really wanted to talk about the bank because that's Again, that scares me. There's always articles in the banks that scare me, but for them to just change how that money's allocated and wipe out all these people's retirements, it's bothersome. But go on, what do you got for me? Well, and just on that, along those lines, I mean, you talked last week about how a lot of people, especially older, you know, they love their muni bonds because they're safe. You know, I mean, this is uncharted territory. People that lost money, I think you said it was in Mesa, I mean, that, that's crazy. We expect safe money or safer monies to be safer. I know that's a weird, you know, why, why do people do so many CDs? I know right now, I mean, you're getting five to 6% on a CD. What is a CD? Did you ever think it's short-term government holdings, short-term bonds? It's, it's you know, the, the people that are 33.9 trillion in debt. <laughs> that's, that's where your money sits. So it's kind of scary. You know, we, we have always told people, you know, if you if you feel like your money in a bank is safe, just make sure you're right. Go to FDIC.gov, plug in DIF, the Depositor Insurance Fund. It's 1.1% covered. And that, that was at the end of June. We, we should get the new numbers soon, but it's not looking good for people. So, you know, one, one last thing I had. I, I've been told the reason that the Teflon Dow and these markets are staying so high is because they're forward looking. Have you heard that Anthony? They don't, they don't look back. They don't they don't look at, you know, what's happening. They, they're forward looking. They're ahead of the game. So the markets are really really good this year. Nasdaq's up what 30 40% S&P 
S&P's up like 20 something. So this has been a wonderful year. And yes, as you said earlier, you're just back where you were a year or two ago. But anyway, so they're, they're forward looking. Does that mean they think everything's okay? Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, you know, unfunded liabilities, underfunded liabilities. Are they really saying we're okay? They really, they're pretty sure that we're not heading towards any kind of World War III. I mean, it, it seems like if they're forward-looking, the markets should crash. I think there could probably be a little bit of manipulation. I think that people need to know that the Dow Jones Industrial Average is only 30 companies, and they can be replaced if they underperform. I think people should wonder who who out there is making the market stay so high. You know, the S&P 500 which is a more fair representation of our country and our world. Wait, isn't it only still like seven or eight stocks that are floating the, the majority of that? What if we have a problem? What if Meta has a problem? You know, I mean, they, these markets, I, I've always said the markets, the, the money goes up a lot slower than it goes down. So my whole point to that in 2024, make sure you understand what you have. Don't, don't, rely on the fact that this year things are super chaotic around you, yet your 401k is up. I, I don't know if that'll be the case forever. And again, I mean, our whole thing, if if we've, you know, reached you over these last almost two years, if anything we've said has resonated with you, let, let sit down with us, ask us questions. If you're not sure if you've taken your RMD, we can make a phone call with you to your company and help you figure that out. We want to help you in any way we can. So that's my 2023 happy ending. Make sure you reach out to us with any questions, any thoughts you have. Team at anothermoneyshow.com or give us a call 623-523-0444. Check us out on YouTube. So what else, Anthony? Anything else you have to say to end the year for people? No. I uh, Hopefully... Hopefully uh, we get ourselves into a good start and see what happens. I mean, all your, all your doom and gloom, I don't know what to expect this year, but uh, hopefully it ends up all right. Everything I, always works out all right. I hope I have been wrong for the last 15 out of my, what, 26 years in the industry. I hope I've been very, very wrong. I can't wait to apologize. I think 2024 should be the year of me apologizing on my negativity. Perfect. So be safe, have a great end of your year, and I, I do hope everybody has a very happy and healthy 2024. Thank you so much for being there for us. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to Another Money Show. You deserve to work with a private wealth management firm that will strategically work to protect your hard-earned assets. To schedule your free, no-obligation consultation, visit anothermoneyshow.com. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM. A registered investment advisor, BCM and Rochford Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Please refer to our firm brochure, the ADV2A, page 4, for additional information. Any comments regarding safe and secure products and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims-paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by BWA. 
Are you concerned about market volatility, rising taxes, economic uncertainty, and how it could all affect your future in retirement? Then tune into Another Money Show to learn how you can protect and grow your hard-earned money. Another Money Show, every Saturday at noon, right here on 960 The Patriot. Protect your hard-earned money today and learn more at anothermoneyshow.com.